0: Strange things are afoot at the circle, kid. That kid is back on the escalator again. And don't hurt. Is my boomstick. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the Barkin' Bin. He is your host, Ben Mason. And he is your co-host, Sandra Luketic. And today we're talking 1993's Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. We assume if you're listening to this episode, you've already seen the movie because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. And really, guys, it's 1993. I assume that everyone has already seen this. Anybody who's going to anyway. But Sandro, this is June's listener pick brought to us from Ryan, who has some weird Batman fetish, which is fine. (laughs) He keeps submitting Batman 89. Fine. But... Finally mixed it up and gave us Mask of the Phantasm from 93, which actually won the poll this month. Um, An animated film, theatrical animated film, uh, as part of the Batman the Animated Series universe. And I have to ask you right away, did you watch the show growing up? Oh yeah, I loved it. Okay, Um, I did not. You didn't watch it or you didn't like it? I didn't like it. Oh, why not? Hence, I didn't really watch it that much. I don't know. Um, I, I, sorry, I shouldn't say that I didn't like it so much as I fucking hated it. Okay, well, that took a drastic turn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. It was maybe the style of animation, um, not being the biggest Batman fan in the first place. Uh, I think Batman is a terrible superhero. Uh, the only thing I like about the Batman universe are the villains. I think they are very interesting for the most part. I mean, there are some blatant duds, but I find there's a lot of humanity and terror in those characters that I I, that I always found interesting because Marvel's always over the top with their, with their villains. Uh, here, it's more subdued. It's a bit more realistic, but I think Batman is a failure of a crime fighter. Um. Also, it's like the, the time that the show is set based off of the visuals, because I don't think it's exactly specified when it takes place, but then it, the technology aspect doesn't meld with that world. And I always found it jarring, even as a child. I just really hated it. But why did you like it so much? It was a fun cartoon. You know what? That's a fine answer. And I think everybody else would have something
1: similar. Growing up, I was a Marvel over DC fan. I didn't like DC. I did always hold the mentality that Marvel had the better heroes. DC had the better villains. Mm -hmm. And I used to always joke, oh, like, Batman's going to give some rich kid false hopes that, you know, (laughs) they can somehow become a superhero (laughs) if they have enough money. But despite that, I just enjoyed this show. It was just a fun show, you know, as part of a, a good Saturday morning block of cartoons. And it just... It was an entertaining show for a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't read too much more into it because I was in fact a kid. Uh,
0: valid. Valid statement. Um, after watching this movie I think I missed out by not watching the show. And it is something I plan on going back and watching. I don't want to say start to finish because there was a lot of episodes but I I should definitely give it a chance. Um, now saying that that doesn't mean that I like this movie. Um... Did you see this in theaters? No. VHS?
1: I saw it at some point. I'm
0: sure it was a dad rental. I remember the day I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> it was an in-service day from school, so I was stuck at home, and it was pouring down rain. Uh, I took my umbrella, and I went down to the convenience store, the mom-and-pop shop that rented videos. Uh, I saw this on the shelf. I didn't know it existed. I was like, how give it a shot, I guess. And I rented it and I went home. I popped it in the VCR. And by the end of the movie, as a child, I'm like, the fuck is this? (laughs) So I was apprehensive to, to watch the movie again this many years later and cover it for the show. Cause I know a lot of our fans listening are probably Batman fans. And to those, I say, sorry. (laughs) You're allowed to have an opinion, man. Okay. Do you want to, do you
1: want to jump into this? Uh, Well, I I just want to point out that we are not playing my game. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be fair to make you play a game where you would have to rely on voices without at least having faces to match with it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, But in saying that, I I, I think we should bring up the voice talent, even if we're not playing the game. But we've got Kevin Conroy back as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mark Hamill, the Joker, probably most people's favorite Joker. Dana Delaney. As Andrea Beaumont. Um, Anybody listening to Channel Surfing will hear us talk about Dana as well. Um, Stacy Keach as Carl Beaumont, fantastic. Abe Vigoda as Sal Valestra, one of the mob bosses, is super fun and you can tell it's him right away. But I think our favorite actor in this has to be the guy doing the voice of Chucky Saul, the one and only Dick Miller.
1: Such a short role too. (laughs) Like, Even in an
0: animated movie, he just gets a short role. I I didn't even know he was in this until you told me. And then I got really excited. And as I'm watching it, I got very frustrated (laughs) once that death came.
1: But it's so Dick Miller. You're only going to get a couple minutes of him.
0: You're right. Yeah. We've never covered him as a leading man. So.
1: Yeah. And uh, obviously a fantastic cast. But I have to give an extra shout out to like. The iconic Batman and Joker voices. Like, yes. They've done these characters in animated shows, movies, video games, like, you name it. They're like, they go hand in hand with these characters, and for good reason. They bring so much to the roles.
0: Yeah. Uh, Undeniably iconic voices. Uh, We we did miss one person in the cast, though. Well, not me. I didn't mention anybody with those ones, but sure. Uh, The great Al Leong. What? That was a lie. He has nothing to do with this movie. Oh, geez. Either. Okay, you had me going there. No. Um, okay, first thing first, Sandro. <laughs> this movie is 76 minutes long. The opening credits span 1 minute 47 seconds. I am A-okay with that.
1: <laughs> I think it suits it because you really can't make that much longer of an animated Batman movie mm-hmm. without like compromising things. That- but at the same time, if it was that short and I went to the theater for it, I would feel almost a little short-changed. It's kind of a weird balance.
0: Yeah, but again, like you're saying, a kid, you're watching basically an extended episode of the cartoon. Probably digging it. Um, next up, like I said, we get Dick Miller as Chucky Saul. He's holding a meeting with fellow mob bosses explaining his plan to launder counterfeit money. And right away, I'm thinking, this seems to be a lot for a kid's film. Because I'm sure kids don't understand what they're talking about. No. Like, yeah, we're going to put the money in a washing machine and it got dirty. <laughs> a, a joke from uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, which still makes me laugh to this day, but uh, the Batman interrupts and kicks ass, as always. And there's yeah. one thing that he does here which actually got a chuckle out of me, and that is, after the table's been flipped over on top of one of the mobsters, he's walking by it, he just stops and stomps on it. <laughs> It's, that so, table. it's so <laughs> brutal for a cartoon. It was great, but uh, you know you so, don't have to say
1: the Batman every time, right? You could just say Batman.
0: Yeah, I know. It's it, it was a choice. Okay, all right. It it degrades over time. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> Saul flees and is eventually murdered by the phantasm, who he mistakes for Batman. Uh, immediately, thoughts on the design of the phantasm. I thought it was a little lazy really lacking a lot of detail
1: decent mask but then like the body and the cloak is just like plain one color no texture
0: you're right i never really thought about that but it was i i believe having not seen the show this is a new villain in the world right created specifically for the the movie
1: i did watch a lot of the animated series and i never saw him i can't say if maybe they introduced him in a small role at some point Mm -hmm. but it was not a prominent character at least to my knowledge
0: what did you think about how Saul died? Because I, I have some issues with this scene that I think you might agree with them if you haven't already thought of them. Well, does he die from the impact? That's what I believe.
1: Okay, because I, I can't imagine what else it would be.
0: I realize I shouldn't be nitpicking a cartoon for children. Okay. <laughs> but but you're why, going, is, why is there a parking garage that high up in a skyscraper? <laughs> Uh, cause there's a lot, it's just a parking structure.
1: <laughs> okay. It's just connected to all the other skyscrapers around it. They're like, we'll just build one up really high. And it takes like 10 minutes to drive to the bottom.
0: I, I was going to say, I-, I will go along with that because this world is a strange one. But yeah, he drives off of one building across a street, like in the air into another and people spot Batman at the scene and blame him for the death. And I like this already. He's getting such negative reception from people. Um, And I get that he's the world's greatest detective, but him picking up a single sliver of glass from the ground and noticing a substance on it is a bit much for me. He has
1: a special Batman visor that uh, you can't see. It's built into his costume that filters out some of these things. It's kind of almost like heat vision. And you know what?
0: Again, I just have to assume that you're right. Oh, I, I don't know if I am. No, I know. I know you're making this up on the fly, but he I can't argue.
1: A, he has a million gadgets. That could very
0: possibly be one of them. Yeah, we'll talk about gadgets too, trust me. Okay. So, <laughs> Batman runs after the phantasm and then just immediately gives up. Yeah. What the hell? I, this is the beginning of the downfall of Batman in this movie for me. Okay. So, we get an introduction to city councilman Arthur Reeves, who objects to Batman and his vigilante actions. That makes sense. We've seen it before. Cool to incorporate here. Then Alfred and Bruce in the Batcave, and Bruce is analyzing the windshield glass he found at the scene. But he's sitting in front of this giant supercomputer, and I'm led to believe we're in the 40s. I really hate this mixture of technology versus times that it's set in. It. it always rub me the wrong way. I said in the in the opening. What are your feelings on this? Uh, it's the 90s. <laughs> it is not the 90s.
1: In my mind, this is the 90s. They can okay. have a big supercomputer.
0: Yes. Okay. Maybe it's the adult perspective, but I like you look at the architecture, you look at the automobiles, you look at the style of dress. This is the 1940s.
1: I never got that impression from the animated series. That mm-hmm. always felt like it was kind of in the 90s, and Admittedly, Gotham was a little bit kind of retro, um, yes. but my in my mindset anything in this animated style is just like the 90s.
0: Yeah, and it could just be an artistic decision, and it is set in the 90s, but I don't get that, and that, that's a beef. Um, Andr- or Andrea Andrea Beaumont is our next character to be introduced. And who is she exactly?
1: A uh, Open- character made up for the movie?
0: Yeah. Just uh, a former flame of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so she's on the phone with Reeves. And that's an interesting connection since we later learned that Reeves is on the mob's payroll. So immediately I'm thinking, how is she involved with the mob? Uh, so far, the most interesting parts of this movie have nothing to do with Batman. And yes, this, then it's revealed uh, the whole romantic history of Bruce. So then we cut to a party where Bruce is surrounded by women until one approaches... And throws a drink in his face which is great
1: (laughs) because very very much enjoying the conversation prior to this (laughs) do tell (laughs) these girls are like talking about his fear of commitment and uh the one girl says something like oh don't say the c word around him after she says commitment and -hmm. the other girl's like or the i word engagement
0: (laughs) yeah that was good But but yeah, no that that one woman walks up, the woman who throws a drink in his face, basically saying how he'll wine and dine women and then ditch them. Yep. So already our, our our hero is set up to look like a complete asshole.
1: But we've known that. That's kind of the whole thing. Like you can always introduce a woman in the Batman timeline as a former uh we'll say conquest because he wants to keep that Separation, not get attached, and then that way he can't do his job or put people that he cares about in danger. Mm-hmm. But he keeps doing it. Well, yeah, he's got to play up his, you know, play <laughs> playboy image. Persona. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, the encounter at the party that he has with Reeves, I uh, I really enjoyed because he mentions Andrea to Bruce, and Bruce gets even more aggressive. He's already been embarrassed, and now he's just being a, a dick. And this is a side of Batman. I'm not really used to, um, something we hit in this follow-up scene, this adjacent scene. I've always hated about the series and the movie. And maybe you can explain, like, is it something that you enjoyed or is it just like the general aesthetic? Bruce enters a massive room in his mansion and there's only like four things in it. There's a chair, a desk, a portrait of the parents above a fireplace. Um, I guess this could be a room for mourning, but the environments in the movie and the show just felt so incredibly empty to me. Like, the environment itself is boring, and I think maybe that's part of why I didn't enjoy the show. It almost it almost looks cheap.
1: Fair. I, I think it is, in a way, symbolic as well, but it can <clears throat> be symbolic and come off as cheap as well. Yeah like he has this well-lit party room full of people laughing dancing someone dancing on the piano later i guess and that's just the front that's the bruce wayne image that he shows the world but these solitude rooms of nothingness are just a representation that he's an empty vessel for justice
0: that's it (laughs) is it justice or vengeance um i think it's vengeance masked as justice you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but we get one of many flashbacks here. Oh, I can't stand this. Uh, I I love this. This made me laugh out loud. Oh, of course you do. I say <laughs> I hate it. You say you love it. <laughs> um, Bruce lays flowers at his parents' grave and encounters Andrea talking to her mother's headstone. Uh, like, of course, the graveyard is a perfect place to flirt. But during this flashback, we do get a cool segment where Bruce is starting out as a crime fighter. And I, before I get into it, I want to ask what you think about this scene.
1: What? Like his failure at his first crime <laughs> fighting, where he's just wearing a ski mask and yeah. a jacket. There's and one we, part, there's one part that just stood out to me the absolute most that I love. And I'm sure it's going to sound completely like nothing, but when he gets on top of the truck and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here but you mm-hmm. can go into detail on the attempt later if you want. And he tries to get into the windshield with just a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about that visual that just had me just laughing my butt off because yeah. There's nothing there's nothing glamorous or high tech or fancy about it. It's as far away from the gadget wielding superhero we be- like he becomes and he's just using a hammer
0: yeah and that's what i wanted to bring up about the gadgets it's fun to see the the progression of his tools that he uses but that hammer scene is hilarious i thought it was funny i really enjoyed that uh that car chase though
1: it's it's well done for an animated movie and yeah. i do like that they did take some chances to show how much he sucked yeah because it's not something you just do right you you have to be a millionaire who can afford to do it
0: yeah not only does he suck at that, it's a lot of things in his life he's terrible at. Yeah. So
1: listen here, Richie Richie,
0: who wants to become a superhero. Just a hammer
1: ain't going to cut it.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, the after, it's the aftermath of the scene that really irritates me. Okay. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Andreas shows up to Wayne Manor and is brought out to the backyard where Bruce is practicing what he says is jujitsu. But is not jujitsu whatsoever. It's straight up karate. So even he doesn't know what he's doing. No. No. And it's time to sweep her legs out from under her and then make out on the lawn. Which is a little much for me, but okay, I'll let it go. What I can't I let it. go is I the got it. what? Go ahead. The glaring animation flaw here. Okay. She's wearing a sleeveless dress. He sweeps her out with that stupid leg sweep. As soon as she impacts the ground, full sleeves. Okay. I I know it's a cartoon. It happens. But doing a little bit of research on the animated series, apparently they housed this out to so many different animation studios or shopped it out that some of the animation was so bad they just had to start firing people. Wow. And it's things like this that I don't miss. Like, I, I can't. This does happen in, like, live action movies sometimes, too, though. Yes. I mean, you have to have a continuity editor they're they're supposed to be on set to watch this to keep an eye out they actually have detailed notes as to the directions of the smallest thing like where like how flowers are leaning on a mantle in the background
1: yeah 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 but i'm just saying it's not isolated entirely because it's animated poorly that like we see this in live action movies where there's a quick cut and somebody's wearing a jacket that they're holding and then it's back to them being in their hand like this does happen
0: Yes, and I am only going to bring up this instance because it does happen repeatedly throughout the film.
1: But then there's some times where the animation is so good, like when he has her on the ground, mm-hmm. right before he kisses her, there's just like this subtle way she lifts her chin that's almost like asking him to kiss her, that was actually conveyed in a few frames of animated like footage, which in and of itself, it's, it's a compliment to some of the animators there.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not saying that it's all terrible. You're, you are correct. There is some amazing animation in this film. Um, it's just so unbalanced in that you can make such a, an error, like I mentioned, and then have such fine animation a second later.
1: Of course it's unbalanced. How else would he get her off her feet? Oh,
0: God. That's good. That's a good one. <laughs> But above all, my favorite part of this whole thing is Alfred interrupting Bruce's sob fest to tell him that one of his guests is actually dancing on a piano.
1: And I don't know if you noticed this, and it could just be me completely out of my mind, but the voice of the girl on the piano comes shouting in from the other room. Mm Or I'm assuming it's the girl on the piano. Yeah, it's um, Miss Bambi. It sounds exactly like the voice actress that does Harley Quinn in the animated series. Oh my god, you're right. So when I was watching this, I was like, does she have
0: a brief appearance in this? I don't remember her in this. And no, no. that's that's because it is. I didn't know that until now. Again, I just
1: went by the audio cue. I didn't actually look it up or anything, but I heard it and I thought, is she in this? No. Okay. Well, maybe it was just a, we don't have a role for you in this. Let's give you just a quick little, you know,
0: Easter egg. Yeah. Arlene Sorkin, voice of Harley Quinn. That's fun. Yeah, I completely missed that. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't watch it as much. Yeah. Um, at night, gangster Buzz Bronski visits Chucky Sell's grave and is confronted by the phantasm. And the music is what really stood up to me here. Animation? Not bad. But the music? Fantastic. That weird, creepy, classic sci-fi alien sound. Um, this graveyard gets a lot of play in this movie. It really does. And I'm okay with that. You know me. I love spooky shit. <laughs> but I need you to explain something to me. B- Buzz throws a broken pickaxe handle at the phantasm? Yeah. And the phantasm uses a smoke screen to block it. Yep. There's so many problems with that, but there's, there's no also-
1: way that they can justify this because the phantasm appears right back in place a millisecond later. Yeah. I would accept it if he reappears slightly to the left or right. Like they had used the smokescreen to dodge it, but it really does feel like they used the smokescreen to have it go right through them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. And I, I really hate it. I wonder how much that gadget would cost. Uh, Like 15, 20 bucks at Spirit of Halloween. <laughs> That's all it is. Anyway, Bronski falls in a freshly dug grave, and the phantasm pushes this massive headstone into it, crushing him. Which I thought was really dark, but I'm totally down with that. You very quickly start to think, this might not have been for children. Yeah, that's what I was thinking right here. Like, this must be a film made for adult fans of the animated series. But there's no way you can only market to them. This seems like a lot of violence for young children. But maybe I'm just old now, and that's how I see it. It can be both. Yeah. Um, again, though, goons see Phantasm and think it's Batman. Have they never seen Batman before? There's
1: way too many times in this movie where people are like, it's Batman. Is this this early that you guys don't know what Batman looks like?
0: Well, we don't know how much time I think is in between, uh, our flashbacks where Bruce meets Andrea and where we are now, but they look the same. So it really can't have been that long. Yeah, I don't know. So... I guess maybe there's that excuse that he's still relatively new, but he's been doing it for a couple of years. I don't know, but it. it I'm not it's buying
1: a it. I'm not buying it because when you get into the later parts of the movie, when Joker's finally introduced, mm-hmm. there is definitely a lot of um, suggestion that he already has a relationship with Batman that's actually fairly extensive.
0: Yes, that, that did remind me a lot of the scenes from the animated series that I, that I am familiar with, at least.
1: So it can't be that new if Joker and he have already tussled a number of times.
0: Yeah, which means the mob have already had some sort of interactions with Batman, but these guys don't really seem to know what Batman looks like. No, they're just dumb. Uh, in the in his mansion, aging mobster Salvatore Valestra reads the news of Bronski's death and immediately reaches for his oxygen tank, which is not something I've ever really seen in a kid's show, but you know by its inclusion, something is being set up here. Uh, I'm going to say we we cut to Councilman Reeves. What's your take on him so far? Uh. Right? No, that summed it up beautifully for me. Okay. (laughs) I'm just kind of like, ah. He's one of these characters that
1: you feel like he could be a villain in the story. It could be a red Mm -hmm. herring. He could be somebody who ultimately ends up helping them. At one point, I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be, like, interested in Andrea uh, uh, in, like, a relationship kind of way. Mm -hmm. Or if they were related in their first interaction. So, I don't know. And then I'm looking at the actual animation of the character, and I'm like, is this... Did they just, like, run out of designs for characters and just give him, like, Riddler's human design? Oh,
0: interesting. He did kind of look like that. Right? Yeah. I found, I found that he was a character that was so horribly misused that by the time that his actions are explained, I just didn't care. Yeah, you get out of here, man. Yeah, get out of here, Reeves. Uh, but yeah, Councilman Reeves and Commissioner Gordon argue over the police refusing to go after Batman. Again, something very interesting, and I wish they would have drawn it out a bit more, uh, because Reeves tries to draw out Batman using the Bat-signal, but he was eavesdropping the whole time and avoids the trick.
1: Does it feel like Commissioner Gordon should have been a little bit more involved after this?
0: Because he
1: barely is.
0: Yeah, he's barely in the movie. And
1: And he he does have a relationship with Batman. He does know that he wouldn't do that. But after this, he's just like, you know what? i wash my hands of it. You do what you're going to do. And I'm just going to go fishing. Like, yeah. what are you, where are you? Go help Batman.
0: Well, this is such a plot convenience for the film, because if Commissioner Gordon was present throughout this entire film, the movie couldn't play out. There'd be too many roadblocks put in place. So I get why they remove him, but it does make the movie feel weird. Because now it feels like Reeves has control of the police force, even though Commissioner Gordon told him no.
1: Which, how does him saying, like, you know, you go on your Batman witch hunt, I'll have none of it. Give him power
0: over the police force. That's, That's just it. It doesn't make sense. But it's okay. It's a cartoon, man. Exactly. And once I accepted that fact, I started to warm up to the movie a little bit. There are some smart plays here that need to happen. But there's also some conversation that needs to happen. Okie dokie. Let's talk about the bat signal. Okie dokie. For this to work, the city needs perpetual cloud cover. Oh, jeez. Okay. It just has to be cloudy all the time or it doesn't work. Uh Uh-huh. Bruce needs to be looking at the sky to see it. Uh Uh-huh. So he better not be distracted at any point. What happens if he's needed during the day?
1: So the bat signal is actually a very specific UV lighting that reflects off of a satellite. The actual seeing it in the sky is just a symbolic thing because Batman's getting it on his bat pager.
0: <laughs> <But> what- <laughs> Could you imagine being like mobsters or a gang doing some sort of crime And then the bat signal lights up the sky and they're like, all right, boys, close it down. Let's get out of here because he still needs to get to the police station, talk to Gordon, figure out what's going on, get to the other site. It's basically a warning to whoever's committing crime. You might want to wrap it up now and wait like an hour or two.
1: I'm surprised that only Batman can see the light because I don't know if I'm Joker or even Two-Face or something like that. At one point, I'm going to look up in the sky and be like, oh, that damn nightlight. And (laughs) what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and try and destroy it. Like, I'm going to fly by the police station and gun that light down so that they can't
0: use it. We've got goddamn supercomputers. Don't rely on a light. You know what solves everything? Give them a fucking radio. Give Batman a radio so you can radio him and be like, hey, something is happening at this specific location. Not, click on a light and wait for him to go meet you, then tell him where else he has to go. Well, he could have a phone, like they did in the 60s. Yes, but carry carry a radio with you. You can use this technological advancement for the time to have, like, a small in-ear radio or something. But I get it. It's iconic. You need it. I get it. But it doesn't make sense. Realistically, the bat signal is garbage. It's just an icon. It's meant to still be an icon. Well, we go back to the graveyard. Batman's there investigating Bronski's death. Time for another flashback. Yeah. <laughs> about the graveyard. I like the graveyard scenes a lot.
1: Why, okay. do, why do you dislike them? It's, it's an animated movie. You can go anywhere.
0: I like you it, it they tie it. Yeah, that, that does make sense. But I, I do enjoy how they tie it to a single location. Yeah, whatever. Go ahead. But the flashback... Uh, as he sees uh, Andrea talking to her mother's tombstone it's not the flashback it's a throwback to it because this is all happening again years later I need to ask you what is the first thing that Batman does when Andrea turns around and sees him runs away he fucking runs away (laughs) and of course she is going to piece together that he was standing in front of his parents headstone
1: but he just came from that direction. He wasn't actually at the parents' gravestone. He came from the other gravestone that he was investigating. So she doesn't know that he was at that gravestone. She just knows that he went by that gravestone. He, she
0: does not know that he was investigating anything else there.
1: I'm just saying that's what he was doing. It's not like he stopped at his parents' grave after. He was investigating Uh, uh, Chucky's grave, right? Getting that same... uh somehow also seeing the same chemical material as the mm. windshield, and he, he just came from that direction. None of it makes sense.
0: No, no. I, I refuse to believe that this is just by chance. Um, but we cut to Andrea and Reeves' dinner scene, and one thing that blew my mind, I completely figured it out at this point, is that the voice of Councilman Reeves is the guy who plays Ellis from Die Hard. A character I've hated since I first saw that movie. And it makes so much sense as to why I don't like Reeves. Uh, I don't know if you remember Ellis from Die Hard? No. No, he was just a coked out businessman. Anyway, we go from Batman running away from Andrea to Batman spying on them from across the street on a ledge of a building leaning forward with binoculars and is so blatant that they show us the angle from inside the restaurant, Andrea's face on the left, Reeves on the right, and directly in the center is this peeping Tom caped crusader with binoculars watching their every move. Yeah. I guess there's no crime in Gotham that night. No. That's why the bat signal wasn't on. And, oh, God. <laughs> we could have a very long conversation about that. Um, But he he sees Reeves' hand on Andreas, and he gets angry about it, and the first thing I think of is like, dude, you just fucking ran away when she tried to approach you, and now you're spying on her. If she turns her head to the left, you're done, man. You are fucking done. There's no way she doesn't know that you're Batman. Stop being a creep. Oh, it gets creepier. Do you want to talk, do you want to cover that now or do you want to wait? No, no, you go ahead. So, flashback to Bruce and Andrea's first date at the Gotham's World Fair, like World of Tomorrow exhibit, and I, I very much appreciate the nod to the origin of the Batmobile.
1: Yeah, that was nice.
0: Yeah, that's all I really have to say about that scene. Is there anything you want to bring up? Stop with the
1: flashbacks, okay? You want to give me one as a backstory? Fine, but don't use this as
0: your main, like, storytelling convention throughout the entire movie. Uh, this had to have been very jarring for children, keeping an accurate timeline of what's going on. I couldn't
1: keep an accurate timeline. <laughs> I, I'm just barely past the child's
0: mentality. <laughs> so they would have been very confused. And I'm thinking that might have been why I really hated this movie when I saw it in 93. Just complete confusion, no idea what's going on, and then he again tries to stop uh,
1: a robbery, mugging, whatever you want to call it, and fails mm-hmm. miserably. Oh yeah, he
0: takes that baseball bat to the chest real bad. Oh yeah. Uh, next up, we get the origin of Reeves. So at least they're kind of building the character up that he was uh, an in. He started off at least as an intern in the legal department of Andrea's father's company, and there's a lot of dumb actions done in the movie. But then the backstory to some of these characters is so deep and well done that it's almost charming to me. But I think it presents us with information that kids would just be like, I don't care. Give me more Batman. Who is this? What are we watching? I want Batman. But I guess it was like a dark show and appropriately a dark and supposedly well thought out film. So Valestra arrives for a private meeting with Beaumont. I picked up on this part right away. I'm sure you did too, but do you think kids would have picked up on the fact of who Molester's driver is? Um, no. Did you pick up on who the driver was?
1: Is the driver the one that was standing outside the building?
0: Yes, at another point.
1: Yeah, uh, it's Joker. Exactly. I didn't think he had criminal uh, origins
0: before he became the Joker, but sure. I mean, there's so many different origin stories. Uh, I only know a handful of them, but I find them all pretty interesting. And I really enjoy this one. If that's the case, I, I, I don't know if he was a driver. <laughs> well, he's just kind of like a henchman, right? So I think he he drives his boss around. Okay, yeah. The terminology just threw me off. Yeah, sorry. He was definitely um, the
1: creepy guy outside the building when she goes inside at one point.
0: Yeah, and storms out when she yeah when she goes in to see her father. But he's also there uh, when they um. They go meet Beaumont, and then I think there was the phone call or the the mobsters show up, I forget. But uh, we get an action scene where Bruce tries to stop a mugging. This is what we were saying before. What is the purpose of that scene? Um,
1: That somehow his relationship with Andrea made him worse at it.
0: Yeah, I found it incredibly problematic, because he beats people up and then takes a baseball bat to the chest and everybody gets away anyway and he just looks awful all around
1: yeah i guess you could potentially infer that maybe it's the idea that by splitting his time with her he's not training enough so he wasn't ready for that as so much as just the actual isolated failure itself
0: it does make sense
1: but um it's a bit of a leap because they don't give you even a subtle nod to that. It just, yes, he does complain. O'Neill can't be both ways. It has to be one or the other, but like at that point, yeah, it just seems like he gets mad at her because yeah. he sucks.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's such a, a negative take on Batman. It, it, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious about your thoughts on the following scene too, because we, we get Bruce pleading, with his parents headstone almost like he's trying to reason with it like they their death forced him into the life of fighting crime
1: yeah he's actually begging them to tell him he can stop yeah y- you're not gonna get an answer dude yeah. it's
0: also a decision you made yeah and i i really hate that every time we're at the Wayne's grave. We get that lightning flash revealing the family name on it. To the like point what where other grave is he going to be at this time? Well, that's just it. I really wanted in this movie a lightning flash that reveals he was at the wrong grave. <laughs> so he does classic Batman maneuvers like running the fuck away. <laughs> just a <said> lightning flash. <laughs> Wilson, <laughs> what? Smythe. <laughs> uh, and Reeves talk about why Batman's taking out their members. Even though they have no reason to believe it's him other than people just misidentifying him. Even though they look nothing alike, which you covered.
1: (laughs) There's two people in this movie (laughs) who are smart enough to know that it's not Batman. (laughs) Commissioner Gordon and Joker. That's it. (laughs) That's it. It's like Joker knows it's not him. (laughs) Idiots.
0: (sighs) Uh, And Valestra's like the head of the crime family. Reeves is a councilman out hunting Batman. Yeah, no, you think no. you know what he looks like. <laughs> uh, did you notice, though, in the scene, uh, Valestra has another coughing fit and goes for his oxygen tank? Um, but when he pulls it away from his face, his lips are bright red, like Joker's. No, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but if not, well done. Um, it, was, it was
1: probably a mistake. Yeah,
0: yeah we'll go with mistake. Uh Batman pieces together that the crime bosses worked together in the past, and there must be something to that. Well, fucking yeah, of course there is. World's greatest detective. <laughs> like he discovers that Beaumont worked with all of those bosses, though. Fine. But at what point does Batman get the world's greatest detective moniker? Because he's pretty shit in this movie.
1: Uh I don't know. <laughs> he bought himself a mug that
0: said it one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Because right now he's just like Gotham's shittiest street vigilante.
1: Yeah.
0: Like all I do is actually
1: beat people up and then fail at it.
0: Yeah. I'll 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 kick someone's ass for a second, but if there's more than one person who I can't overpower with my strength, I'm fucked. And then and if there's some a-
1: sort of compound to identify, I have visors to use it. So can I really take credit <laughs> for that? <laughs> yeah.
0: The world's greatest detective.
1: Bullshit. <laughs> That's when he just kicks his feet up on the table and taps at the mug.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Bruce, I I guess, kind of proposes to Andrea, who accepts. He he gets on one knee and just gives her the ring box. Like, dude. Yeah, he's not good at this. (laughs) Here, you open it. Yeah. Romantic. And then bats spew out of nowhere and scare them. But this eventually leads to Bruce discovering the space to uh, construct the, the Batcave so more origin story of which at this point they are now cramming way too much into this film so the next scene Sandra is what we were talking about earlier um, where they go to uh, Beaumont's office and witness that shady meeting
1: yeah because they want to go tell her dad about the engagement and yeah. things have escalated further
0: yeah and, and you you mentioned Joker outside watching the car and as it drives away he just flicks his cigarette off of the taillight. I love that one shot so much. Like he is just so insolent. I love it. Uh, this is making me love the animated series Joker so much more than I did previously. I love them because of Mark Hamill for sure, but the way they're writing the character here is very good. Uh, he's a great character just in general. It's a lot is, to work is, with. Like, in animated series or in, like, movies as well? Like, the Batman universe, he's just a good character. Joker is just so well done in general,
1: like, from an origin, Mm -hmm. that you can put him into, like, the animated series and the movies well because there's such a rich, kind of twisted uh, history to work with.
0: Yeah, And, and there's so many variations of the character that it's very common that you can ask a fan of Batman... Who your favorite Joker is? And there's a multitude of answers and you're like, yeah, all of those are justifiable. It's, it's pretty cool. I can't really think of many other characters like that. But Andrea sends the engagement ring back to Bruce saying she's left their father and is too young to marry. Okay. And this just leads to the birth of Bat Bruce, which is incredibly <laughs> lackluster.
1: Well, he definitely wasn't the world's greatest detective yet to consider that that's a little fishy. She just said, <laughs> yes, I saw her at a place with her dad surrounded by sketchy looking like mob types. There's no way I should investigate this further.
0: hes He's the world's greatest millionaire for taking things at face value. <laughs> Good job, man. Good job. Yeah. Modern day. Lester goes to the World Fair and meets with the Joker. And I know I've asked you this a lot, but again, I just have my next note saying, thoughts on this scene? Well, first of all, what the heck did you do
1: make us wait almost 35 minutes into <laughs> this hour and 16 minute movie to see the Joker?
0: <laughs> I, I feel like they really, really had to rely on Joker's presence in this movie for people not to hate it. Because when you have Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, it's all about the origins, Joker's not around, you're hoping that you've got a decent enough story to keep people entertained. Up until now, I would assume for most kids, this is a very boring film. Yeah, But but then you get the Joker, and he's crazy, and he's wacky, and... All of a sudden, now you're invested because Batman as a character sucks. And they really give Joker time to shine here, which we desperately need. Why is he hanging out in this place? That's a very good question.
1: I would have thought at this point he'd already have, like, hideouts. You know, surrounded by
0: henchmen and thugs and Harley Quinn. He is 100% solo at this point in his career, which doesn't seem plausible. Yeah, I'm not buying it. No. Well, I'm also not buying how much money Valestra offers up to him to kill Batman. Did you catch that number? Five million up front and then
1: whatever you want after.
0: Yeah. Now, going off my interpretation that this is the 40s, that's a lot of money. It's the 90s. (laughs) Even still in the 90s, it's a lot of money.
1: Well, yeah. Whatever you (laughs) want is definitely a large amount of money. (laughs) Okay, I'll take five million up front and then a hundred
0: after everything after your debt will never be paid off um I, I'm gonna I have to say right here up until this point what's your take you, you're along for the ride yeah sure why not That's, that was me exactly perfectly said <laughs> so Batman questions Andrea over the photo of Beaumont and the gangsters and she wants nothing to do with him, and takes some really hard digs at him too which I I really appreciated <laughs> when she says, it follows up with the line of, the only one being controlled by his parents is you, and his reaction is to just walk away, like, this yeah. is classic Batman again, <laughs> when confronted, run away. Phantasm goes to kill Valestra, but discovers the Joker has already done the job. And this, I do you want to, okay, I'm going to say, this confused me right away, the, the follow-up here. Do you remember what happens next and did it affect you the same way? You're going to have to be more specific. Do you
1: mean when he sees that the dead?
0: No, when um, Joker also reveals that he assumed Batman had been doing the killing, even though we've already agreed that Joker knows who Batman is. He
1: tells Valestra when they're talking that it's not Batman. And when Phantasm turns the chair around and sees the dead body... Joker makes a comment just like so it isn't Batman but not like oh I'm discovering this like
0: okay kind of like you're reaffirming what I thought. Yeah. I I have to admit I missed that. I just found it very strange because of the the pattern of people not actually knowing what Batman does or what he looks like. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman does arrive and chases the phantasm.
1: Uh okay. Couple of things real quick. No, I've got a all, few too. First of all, in the meeting with Velestra and Joker, when mm-hmm. Velestra starts to feel comfortable when Joker's like, ah, it's the smile I wanted to see, it's like, man, you don't know Joker. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you think this is going in your favor? And then when Phantasma's running away, what speed is he at? <laughs> <laughs> like he's outrunning like the Bat-Jet. <laughs> yep. What are you doing? <laughs>
0: Well, there's another "what are you doing?" element to this too. Sure. Because Batman's following Phantasm because he's leaving a trail of smoke showing which way he's going. Yeah. Well, when you're going that fast, oh come on! (laughs) Like he he uses smoke all of the time. It's completely unnecessary. It's not smoke.
1: It's dust. He's running so fast that the surface particles that he's running against are just breaking up and
0: flying into the air. Oh yeah, and it was a dust cloud that <laughs> deflected Brodsky's pickaxe handle. Hey, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about this. Oh, okay, yeah. They're completely different. It's a different. coincidence! That was smoke. This is dust from the broken debris <laughs> of his speed. Yeah, okay. Well done. Try and protect it. So the, the police arrive and try to kill Batman. My As question is, should. Why? There's no reason to ask
1: questions first. <laughs> why are they trying to kill him? Because they were told by their new commissioner that they're hunting Batman.
0: <laughs> Look, guys, this man dressed as a bat is going around taking out dangerous members of the Mafia. We have no reason to believe that he's harming civilians, so we have to murder this man.
1: How about we you let like, him do his job first?
0: Yeah. we At this point, we really have no reason to believe that the police have been corrupted. Uh, George
1: leaves. They're just following their new commissioner's orders.
0: But I, he has to be calling in serious favors. But yes, I have a major problem with this. I'm, I'm glad have you to did not call too.
1: in favors. Commissioner Gordon said you do what you want
0: <laughs> and I gave him full control. <laughs> he, just, he just fucking vanishes. I can't let that go. <laughs> He's supposed to be Batman's best friend other than yeah. Alfred, I guess. <laughs> He's like I'm not going to give you the go ahead. Do whatever the fuck you want. He's also like, as a character, the like, most noble, uncorruptible cop ever. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So it makes sense.
0: (laughs) He's like, we need to go after the Batman. I, I will not justify that by any means. So I will just remove myself from the situation, thus I have nothing to do with it, and I won't try to stop it. Yep. Police commissioner. Um, this does give me one of my favorite scenes from the movie, though. I love it so much because Batman jumps from one roof to another in perfect pose. And then, you know, he's got his feet out in front of him. He's flying through the air. And then at the very last second, he shifts and face plants on the next rooftop. Yep. Brilliant. He's new at this. (sighs) I really wish you had a different reaction to that man, because I laughed my ass off. And you can only use he's new at this so many times. Well, I can't keep track of what timeline we're in. <laughs> okay, fair
1: <laughs> enough. <laughs> you mean this isn't when he was training?
0: <laughs> <laughs> at one point, the directors even are like, sure, whatever. Um, but yeah, after a, a fake out uh, of using a, uh oh my god, why am I forgetting? A sawhorse. As, uh, as Batman, he just puts his cowl on, attaches himself to a helicopter, and they just shoot it so many times that the cape evaporates. Uh, he's rescued by Andrea. Like Those are acid rounds. There is no thought to crossfire or anything. No. It's just obliterate the Batman. Yes. Well, we go back to Wayne Manor. Andrea shows Bruce the photo again. And we get another flashback. We've also seen this photo like three times now. So Beaumont owed Velestra money and promises to do so the next morning when banks open up, but he and Andrea just flee the country instead.
1: Yeah, as a crime boss, I wouldn't allow that.
0: No, you have someone stake out every building that Beaumont goes to.
1: Yeah, if you need to wait till tomorrow when the banks open, fine but my men will be watching you. <laughs>
0: exactly!
1: <laughs> Volestra
0: just walks out. It's like, fine. Well, I, he is an idiot, right? He thought Joker no. was on his side. That's true. Yeah. Uh, two two major things happen in the next few scenes. Bruce believes Andrea's father has returned as the phantasm to kill the people he owed money to. And the Joker was actually Volestra's henchman. Yeah. Okay. We, don't, we don't need to see Bruce have this realization in the amount of time that it takes. Well, he is just, the
1: world's greatest
0: detective, so he needs to figure you. out that
1: that was Joker. Thank you for bringing that up. We all knew that.
0: Yeah, but I, I get he hasn't pieced it together yet, and he needs to look at it again. But he's had numerous interactions with this guy. So at this point, too, we're still confused as to how much interaction Batman's had with the Joker. It's all so muddled. Oh, and yeah, one minor thing also. Bruce and Andrea are back together, just so you know. Um, And then another meeting with the Joker, this time with Reeves. And Joker tells him that it isn't Batman who's been offing people. So why then does the Joker... Infect Reeves with slow-working Joker venom or gas. I have no idea. My only guess is plot convenience
1: again. I do like that Reeves has to be told by Joker, that's not Batman. Be
0: like, oh, okay, well, you are a very reliable source, and I'm going to believe you. Yeah, Yeah. which means he also doesn't recognize Joker, because he has been around pre-Joker Numerous times. But with the slow working Venom, I guess it's just to keep Reeves alive long enough for Batman to find out more information. Yes. Again, probably because he's the world's greatest detective and needs a plot device to discover information.
1: It is just like a Bond villain revealing their entire plan before walking out of the room.
0: I didn't think of it that way, but you are correct. That's exactly what we're given here. Yep, Batman investigates Andrea's apartment but it's a trap as the Joker flies a bomb toward the building sure yeah that's how I felt too um, the Joker's got gadgets too man uh, more than Bruce apparently in this movie yeah uh, then we get the scene that you had mentioned earlier about how we see that it was the Joker that killed uh, Andrea's father um, what? who would have seen it coming?
1: Although I'm glad they tied it into the Joker, because otherwise it, sure, it's just Joker because we need him in the movie. But yeah, might as well make him involved because in the first thirty-five minutes before you see him, you could easily imagine this movie going from start to finish without the Joker.
0: Oh, that would have been a horrible idea. I agree, but
1: right, like they actually do tie him in after, for the better. (sighs)
0: Well, at least they tried to. They actually gave him a reason to be in the movie, thank God.
1: Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was trying to say.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think I would actually really enjoy a film about this character pre-Joker. Because we don't get a lot of information about him, but he seems to just be rising the ranks. I would like to see how he took over certain things or broke away. Because we do see, as we mentioned before, the, the meeting between Joker and Valestra. So what happened there? I'm really interested. I'm invested in a lot of things that this movie just doesn't provide. No, you're not getting that. And I don't care about a lot of the things the movie does provide. Alright then. So the phantasm arrives at Joker's hideout and we get the inevitable tussle. I really enjoyed how Joker calls out Andrea immediately. Probably the smartest person in the movie is the Joker. Oh, without a doubt now was he as intelligent in the show do you remember i don't remember that well okay um it 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 really does remind me why he is one of the scariest villains in in the comic books anyway like he's just so unpredictably violent like he immediately just starts to beat the shit out of andrea yeah And, and and badly too and let's not forget about the time he beat Jason Todd to death with a crowbar or paralyzed Barbara Gordon. Like, this guy is he is actually insane which his character is supposed to be, but he is so unpredictable. Um, what, what Do you have any thoughts about the fight? It was a kind of back and forth. Um... Because there's some humor here I thought you might pick up on. Not really. No? No. Do you remember when he rushes her with a hand mixer? no actually yeah he just grabs it turns it on holds it out in front of him and just charges at her well that's the joker I mean, use the tools at your disposal but he doesn't he makes weird decisions because she just kicks him back against a table and she's on top of him and he's reaching for a butcher knife but instead opts to attack her with the like log of bologna that's next to it yeah he cracks her in the face good too yeah course batman arrives uh, just in time to save her from being sucked into a giant fan i always hate the giant fan spot in movies like we saw in i believe it was uh, tango and cash yes sir yeah and th- again they argue this this is getting really frustrating they argue and she rightfully calls him out for being a hypocrite and uh his response this time is not to run away He just tells her to go (laughs) away. Yeah. Yeah. He really likes to confront his problems in this. (laughs) All right. Next up, Batman versus Joker. Any thoughts on this one?
1: I never understood how Joker doesn't just get his ass kicked every time by Batman. Like he's insane, but he's
0: not. It doesn't seem like he should be so prolific of a fighter. I agree. And I think that's why we get this like over the top fight that almost kaiju ask fight through a miniature gotham or whatever city they're supposed to be in um did you like the the jetpack fight scene no why not
1: why do we need jetpacks
0: yeah it's so ridiculous in a movie that has had none of this in it up to this point it's uh, is it just padding
1: maybe uh, i think it's just trying to make it more flashy
0: mm-hmm so, Joker's rigged the place to explode and bombs go off. Andrea disappears with Joker. And then we just cut to Batman escaping of sorts. And uh, he laments his loss in his Sad Boy cave, then discovers that Andrea had been there before and left him her locket. So he just returns to crime fighting and the fucking movie's over. Yeah! What happened? What do you mean what happened? You Where's just saw Andrea? What happened. We saw Andrea later on. Where's the Joker? Oh, uh, he's going to show up again. Don't worry. Yeah, but w- what happened when, he, when she took him away? Why is she on a boat alone being hit on by some random dude? You're asking too
1: many questions, man. It's a Why- superhero thing. You don't confirm kills. You just move on and assume that it's all good until it's not. Why
0: does he go back to crime fighting? He wasn't good at it in the first place. He did nothing. He just... Punched the guy repeatedly, got fucked up himself, then the villain won with his plan of blowing up the place and got captured by a woman out for revenge because Joker killed her father.
1: His dismissal oh. of Andrea was him shedding that final bit of connection to humanity that now he can be the most efficient version of Batman.
0: And do you know how depressingly accurate that has to be? <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm just grasping at straws so many times it's like you know what
0: maybe yeah you'd go i appreciate it greatly because i sit here watching this movie asking why so many times and it's getting so ridiculous throughout the runtime that you grasping at straws is totally fine with me like it gives me something to believe because this movie just starting these and I'm not in my mind, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just gonna
1: keep talking until I come up with something.
0: You improvising on the spot repeatedly <laughs> gives the movie structure. <laughs> that is a problem. Yeah. That is a major problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
0: do what I can. Great. That's that's Mask of the Phantasm.
1: Yeah. Numbers? <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> now you said something that i would have to agree with at some points and that this movie looked good we get the yeah. cast from the show um and and some big names too yeah. uh, I, I believe not associated with the show uh what do you think was spent in the creation of this film what was its budget Oh dude i have no idea how to gauge how much animation costs um, yeah it's pretty dodgy 10
1: million is that too high for an animated movie for one of this caliber yeah
0: I don't know, dude. I really don't. It's six.
1: Okay. Alright.
0: Yeah. It's not so, like, like we let's we fire. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. That, that's still a fair amount of money. I mean, it's a million dollars more than the Velestra offered Joker to kill Bruce Wayne.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: but, you don't know that. the And whatever you want up. after was only another one million. Yeah, we'll call it what the ever you want afterwards will be the gross. <laughs> how much How much did this make? Uh, eight? No. One more guess. 80? <laughs> It made $400,000 less than its budget. Oh, wow. So 5.6 five, 5. million. That's not good. It's not good. I think that's why we only got one. But I'm sure it did much, much better on home video. It had to have. I feel like this
1: would have been an avenue more for home video. And at some point yeah. during the process, somebody
0: was like, you know what? Let's just throw it in theaters and see what happens. Yeah, it's kind of like this show is doing really well on television. Let's put it on the big screen and see how well it does there. And then they saw it and they're like, let's bring it back to TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say something right here to anybody who's a fan of the series or the movie and is still listening. I know I'm wrong with my opinion so far. And I know that because of the reviews and ratings on IMDb and the amount of positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Sandro, do you care to take a guess? IMDb. Eight. You're close. IMDb is 7.8. Favorable reviews from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 81. And the audience score, 88. Is this like the highest rated movie we've ever covered? It it very well could be, and I am very confused. And that, honestly, that's how I know that I'm wrong.
1: Maybe it was a for-its-time kind of thing?
0: Yeah. Honestly, maybe people were just happy to see Batman on the big screen again. But this also is, you know, it is reviews from after then. So... Oh, this place, this place, sorry. This movie holds a, a place in people's heart. Yeah, seems that which, way. Which is fine. Good for you. Don't get it. Um, I'm I'm curious to hear, because we, we kind of skipped his reason, Ryan's reason why he picked this movie, right? Or did he even say? Oh, I think I forgot to send him the questionnaire.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take care of this then. Ryan likes sad boy movies who dress up and fail at fighting crime. Um, we'll have to pick his least favorite character. Oh man, I can't believe I messed that up. No, that's fine. That's fine. We'll do our regular thing. To be honest, I wasn't too keen on doing awards for this anyway. I don't, I don't like with an animated movie. It's a little bit tougher. Oh, it was it was very easy for me. But I, from your perspective, I totally understand. I, I I know the way you think about these. Well, I feel
1: like you almost entirely have to go to character rather than performance, right? Yeah, like, and that's what I did. Yeah, and that is ultimately what I did end up doing, but it it did just feel a little different. It felt like,
0: kind of cheap, right?
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of tough. So, what did you have for your least favorite character?
0: Runaway Bruce. I okay. didn't like Batman in this movie. I didn't like Bruce Wayne in this movie. I I found them both frustratingly annoying, um, and it's unfortunate because his name is in the title of the film uh i already said i don't really care for batman so i don't think it was a a reach for me to pick him as least favorite character i but it's did also...
1: send him the questionnaire oh shit all right backtrack okay why did you select this movie i was a huge fan of batman the animated series and when this movie came out i was beyond stoked this movie for its time was dark and gritty i absolutely love the animation style with Mask of the Phantasm, it brings Batman back to its dark roots and gives great backstory for the animated series. Even watching now, 30 years later, it blows, this blows away most current animated shows. In my opinion, this movie aged extremely well. Oh yeah. yeah. And then for least favorite character, Arthur Reeves. He's just a garbage character, and I feel that he didn't need to be in it as much as he was.
0: I mean, that's a valid take. Uh, I, I was going to pick Reeves until I looked over the l- list of characters. I'm like, you know what? I'll take Reeves over Batman in this movie. Yeah. You? Who did you have for least favorite character?
1: Uh, so I wrote Big Baby Batman.
0: Yes! Yes! I thought you were going to fight me on this one. No. Batman is
1: such a whiny brat in this. I've never <laughs> seen him so, like <laughs> like, just such a wimp he's it's, it's terrible he lies
0: about everything runs away Is afraid of <laughs> women like it's he's just terrible he shuts down any confrontation whatsoever yeah he's just a big baby yeah oh that's awesome that makes me so happy
1: all right so for favorite character ryan had the joker his unpre- unpredictability and insanity were twofold in this Compared to the rest of the animated series, and Mark Hamill's voice work for him is incredible.
0: Okay, yourself?
1: Uh, I had uh, um, <laughs> Stacey Keach as Carl Beaumont <laughs> because I love Stacey Keach's
0: voice. Yeah, it's it's really good. Stacey Keach is awesome. Beaumont, Charles, uh, Carl Beaumont wasn't uh, wasn't in the movie enough, if you ask me.
1: No. And I and that's why I wrote Carl Beaumont, because he wasn't ultimately Phantasm, but they're using his voice when it's the Phantasm. Yeah. So you're still getting Stacy Keach.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that was a very good choice by the uh, the creators. Um, I I went with Joker as well, uh, and Ryan summed it up perfectly. I I really have nothing to add to that. He 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 nailed his reasoning.
1: I, I was so close to picking Joker too. I just. I don't know. I gave it to Stacey Keach just because I guess I've seen Mark Hamill play Joker a million times. and Not that it's not good every time, but this was at least different.
0: Fresh. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, for favorite or
1: most memorable line, Ryan wrote Joker when Salvatore shows up at his hideout. Hey, relax, Sal. Mi casa nostra, es su casa nostra.
0: Yeah, I almost picked that. That was uh, good. Well, what did you pick? It's from the exact same scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's like, what's an old-timer like you want with a two-timer like me? That was a good one. I I was considering that one myself. It's it's amazing because it has nothing to do with the plot, but it it reinforces his character so, so well. Yeah. You? Uh,
1: so I actually had trouble with this one because I had a number of them. I even considered putting, like, the I word in there uh, <laughs> because it made me laugh so much. But I ultimately went with Alfred uh, when Reeves is doing his very first press conference and he's saying, like, how do we put our faith in a madman? And uh, Alfred's like, why? You're the very model of sanity. Oh, by the way, I pressed your tights and put away your exploding gas balls. (laughs) (laughs) Like Alfred has a lot more zing to him than people realize but he He does does. it in that dry way that's so good
0: yeah he had some banger for for lines in this movie yeah and he's used the appropriate amount I think more than anybody in this movie when Alfred's on screen you're going to enjoy him
1: when he's coming outside when Bruce is training the martial arts and he he takes down uh, Andrea and he's got his like tray of or whatever, and there's just this like subtle look, and he raises his eyebrow and then just turns around and walks away without saying a word. It's like he's yeah. so good.
0: That's exactly the scene I was thinking of. Like the the visual presence of the character is enough to make me happy. Like he doesn't have to say a thing. Yeah. And and small slight movements like that is perfect. Yeah. Um for my remember- favorite or most memorable
1: scene Ryan had when. Buzz Bronsky gets crushed by the statue in the open grave. I'm sure there are better scenes, but seeing this at the age of 10 in a cartoon was wild. That scene is what I think of first when I think of or when someone
0: mentions this movie. Rightfully so. That was a really intense scene. Like, it, it's pretty shocking to watch a man get straight up murdered in a kids' show. Yeah.
1: Okay, so for me, <laughs> and this is going to kind of reveal my stupidity, because mind you, I've seen this movie before. Yes. It was quite some time ago, but I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. So I'm ironically going to call this the most memorable scene, because I didn't remember it from the first time I watched the movie, and it was when Andrea was revealed to be the phantasm, because I was too stupid to call it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god, man. I don't uh, know
1: how I don't know how I was legitimately surprised by that. I was almost like afraid to admit that I had an oh wow moment when that happened. Especially considering <laughs> I'd seen the movie before at some point.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. You know why? Yeah. Because the movie's so confusing to kids that I'm sure it didn't make any sense whatsoever, so you just forgot it.
1: I think the reveal happened in a different timeline that I was experiencing, and I just didn't follow it because they went back and
0: forth <laughs> so much. So. There you go. And you? Uh, it's a mix of two scenes. Um, Batman running away from Andrea at the graveyard. Which time? Um, oh, when it's actually Batman. When it's actually Batman. Okay. And then him peeping on the dinner she's having with Reese. <laughs> because it does a close-up of his face, and he is full-on leaning into those binoculars, and this water just pouring down his face because of the rain. He's unflinching. He's just so angry. It wasn't raining. That was big baby Batman crying his face off. I mean, you you could tell me that in a month, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I guess I just misremembered it, because no. this, ugh, this movie, this movie, man. But it He's such a creep. He's such a loser crybaby creep in this movie.
1: Yeah, it really brings the movie down. <laughs> that th- this movie would be better if Batman wasn't in it.
0: I had that thought earlier and I didn't want to say it. It would be great. It would be really great. You could still have the Joker in it. Because he, he, he killed Andrea's father. This could just be a crime film that unfolds over a decade in Gotham with the Joker as the eventual reveal big bad. I think that would be amazing. We don't need Batman in this. And that's kind of what I want this movie to be.
1: All right. So why don't you get to your final thoughts on Batman mask of the phantasm? Oh, this movie sucks.
0: Okay. (laughs) I I think, you know, this, um, was a fair amount to like, but none of it was consistent. It wasn't, connected in any way it's just bits and pieces of shining through a dull boring animated film uh of course you can't complain about the voice cast at all they're they're fantastic but the story was lessened by the involvement of batman and he just didn't need to be there and it it just fell apart once you forced bruce wayne into the storyline i'm not going to recommend it i i have no reason to uh, it's not even one of those like wa- throw it on with some friends and watch it kind of movies because I think everybody would be pretty unimpressed and be like, why did you do this to me? Um, no, I, I really don't have a whole lot more to say, man. I just, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I didn't enjoy it then. I didn't enjoy it now. And I really have no reason to want to revisit it in the future. What uh, What's your take on it? I wasn't a fan. That's p- pretty kind. Like,
1: it's short. It's not like it was difficult to get through. I. I'm not the biggest fan, but I was at least a fan of the animated series. And yeah, I just think that like emo Batman here was just too much. But yeah, it doesn't need to fit into the canon of a much better character overall. So if you're yeah. a fan of the animated series, sure, give it a watch. It's short enough, but I don't understand the really high ratings for it.
0: No. Do you, do you think you would have been as okay with it if you had to? take notes as you were watching it i don't know yeah you don't have to know <laughs> see that that the that sound like in you problem the sound in your voice is perfect <laughs> a perfect response to that question I'm just it's trying not just to
1: cough from the flu that I've had for
0: the last three days. <laughs> and to anyone listening who's made it through this far, we apologize for the, the weak absence. <laughs> and then we come back. And shit. on A lot of people's favorite movie. I almost canceled
1: again this week because of this flu. So I'm just glad I got through this.
0: Yes, we will. We will not uh, miss two, two weeks in a row. Uh,
1: so that's our thoughts on Batman mask of the phantasm. If you'd like to share your thoughts, we encourage you to always hit us up on social media at bsbargainbinfacebookcom slash bsbargainingbin, or the YouTube comments section. Don't forget, there is merchandise available that you can find a link to on our website, bsbargainbin.com for both this as well as our new show, Channel Surfing, which you can find a new episode every Tuesday. We are currently going through the first season of Tulsa King. Ben. Yes, sir. This is a fan pick, which means that it is my pick next. I am excited. I have four movies for you to choose from, and I will once again have you choose based on the year. Okay. 97, Oof. 98,
0: Oof. 2000, okay. 2005. Okay, so we're grouped together pretty close here.
1: The 2000 and 2005 are still there from the very beginning.
0: From The, from the, the other from
1: two the have game. been added recently.
0: Okay. We tend to deal with stuff from the, the 80s and 90s. I'm going to pick 2000
1: all right so this is actually going to be a revisit of a movie that i did watch before that i just felt like i needed to re-watch and discover if i did actually like it or if i was just a stupid younger person okay we're going to be watching the almost acting debut of one vin diesel in pitch black they say most of your brain sits down and cry asleep all that the animal side. Guess that's why I'm still awake.
0: Why should he bother us? Maybe to take what you got. Maybe to work in there.
1: stick the data up
0: Okay. This will be a fun one.
1: Until next week, have a good one.
0: All the best.